Hello and welcome to Women's Football Success, episode 1827. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and I am so glad to have you guys here today. We have a ton of things to talk about. Real quick, just my disclaimer. Again, my name is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. I am an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. Any and all information that I talk about on this radio show or in our digital material or print materials for women's football success does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have an issue that requires an attorney, you want to seek out an attorney in your jurisdiction with experience in the area of law that you have a concern in. With that being said, I am so excited about episode 1827. There has been a bunch of stuff going on in the Women's Football Alliance. Sorry, I'm drinking my soda, trying to get uh, ready because my throat starts to hurting. Um, real quick, uh, again, I'm in my downtown office today. So if you hear a um, train or you hear a truck or something, that's just outside uh, about four or five blocks away. So with that being said, today's episode, check it out. Um, so what I'm going to talk about today, a couple things. I'm going to go through what's going on in the Women's Football Alliance and um, kind of go through all the different things that's happening. Hold on just a second. Of course, my um, for some reason, while I was away from the desk, my computer locked up or whatever. That's fine. Um, we're getting back to it. So, okay. So for those of you don't, that don't know me, um, I am a co-owner of the Dallas Elite along with Maria Spencer and my husband, Joseph Ellington. We are really excited because there's an owner's meeting coming up in a couple days and excited to go to that. It is now October, so things are starting to get uh, underway for women's football. And I am first, I want to tell you, I am so proud to be in the WFA, and I am so proud of the owners that are stepping up. People are having tryouts everywhere, and I'm going to get to that here in the, in the next couple minutes and go through some of the tryouts that are going on. Um, I am so excited to be doing this, especially, I mean, it's starting to get cold here in Arkansas. We're sitting at about 51 degrees today. So I had to actually turn on the heater um, in my office. First, I'm gonna start out with some tryouts that are going on and some shout outs to teams in the WFA. And then I'm gonna get to our topics of discussion today. Um, I'm gonna talk about our final tryouts, what people should be doing here at the final end of October, beginning of November. We're going to go over what is on the calendar um, for women's football, what you should be doing, why you should be doing it now, and um, kind of just staying on track with your calendar. I think that um, everyone's stepping up and holding more tryouts and getting things underway in September and October, as opposed to you know December and January. So I'm really happy to see all that happening. And then we're going to talk about our next thing is a contract signing party. I'm going to go over some basics on how to set that up and what to expect um, so that people can do that. Um, and then, of course, we have our Women's Football Success newsletter. That newsletter goes out to WFA owners only. And we have put in some extra bonus material on um, these different components. So I'm really excited about what's going on uh, these days in women's football. Let me go over here real quick. I wanna share with you, so today is October 16th. 
And so I want to share with you a couple of tryouts that are going on in women's football. We have a ton of stuff going on. So it looks like in the last couple of days, um, several teams have had tryouts. So I've reached out to them to see um, how they're doing and how their tryouts went. I'm excited to see what they have to say um, and what they plan on doing in the next coming weeks to either uh, ramp it up a little bit more or make changes or whatever. It's very difficult in women's football um, to gauge when you're having difficulty getting potential players what went wrong. Um, it's hard to tell, you know, is it because you promoted in the wrong area? Is it because you didn't promote at all? Is it because your flyer um, didn't go to the right people? Is it because you had the wrong information on a flyer? I actually reached out to one team um, today that I noticed that their tryout is set up for a Sunday, it looks like, but they put the wrong date on it, the Saturday date. So um, raise your hand if you haven't done that before. Me. Um, so it happens to everybody. You know, we, we have a lot of plates spinning in women's football as owners and administrators. And um, it's very important to make sure that our promotional material is on point and has the right dates and times. Um, I, I have been um, guilty of accidentally putting the wrong date on something and nobody's showing up or two people showing up. So it happens. Um, but just regroup, take care of it, and get it done. Um, so today um, I'm actually recording for tomorrow, which is the 17th of October. And we have a bunch of stuff coming up. So I just want to share that with you. So uh, for tryouts in the WFA, if you're a person that's interested in trying out for a team in the WFA, first thing you want to go to is um, www.wfaprofootball.com. At the top, it talks about teams. You can either go by division or by state. If you're looking to try out for a women's football team in the WFA, click in there and see what team is closest to you. I'm going to share with you the dates that I've gotten for women's football tryouts, but that does not mean that there are not other tryouts going on or something that I missed. I, I get my dates several weeks in advance, so there may be some teams that maybe put out a date for a tryout tomorrow, today, and it's going to be next week, and I don't have that on my list. So your most uh, accurate information would be at the team Facebook page is what I found and the team website. So if you go to the WFAProFootball.com and you find a team in your area, get on over to their Facebook page. And usually they have really up-to-date events and things happening on their page. With that being said, October 20th is coming up really soon. October 20th is Saturday. We got the Boston Renegade in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, holding a tryout, you want to check their team website is the best for that information. Also, the Cincinnati Sizzle in Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to Ohio, my home state. That's going to be on their team website as well. And then again, the, the Cleveland Fusion, Cleveland, Ohio, that's going to be on their Facebook page. And I'm going to talk about Cleveland Fusion here in just a minute because I have some more updates on them as well. October 21st, which is Sunday, the Arlington Impact. Arlington, Texas. I call it our sister team. I don't know if they feel the same way. Um, we have really good relationship with our Arlington Impact team in Arlington, Texas. We are in Dallas, Texas, um, but we are very close and uh, we have a really good relationship, the Dallas Elite and the Arlington Impact. So um, hopefully they have a great, very successful tryout on October 21st. Next is the uh, New York Wolves. So this is the New York Sharks 
are transitioning to becoming the New York Wolves, they have a tryout on October 21st. And the best place to look for that is their team Facebook page. And last but not least, on October 21st, I have it in alphabetical order. It's the Tacoma Trauma in Tacoma, Washington. Check out their Facebook page. And um, let me go over here. Hold on just a second. Going to go to my other schedule and get in there. So there's a couple dates. So on my posts for the women's football success, I have put on these tryouts. I put the tryout list up. And then the next one started on October 28th. I have a couple teams that are actually having tryouts between the 21st and 28th that I um, don't have on um, the pictures or the, the promotional material, but I will get to those in just a minute. So on October 29th, which is the next weekend, uh, sorry, October 28th, we have the Grand Rapids Tidal Waves in Grand Rapids, Michigan, really close to my home state. You're going to go to their team website for that. Also, the Kansas City Titans team website and the DC Divas on their team Facebook page for October 28th tryouts. I'm gonna get into a little bit of November here. Um, so November 3rd, what is that, a Saturday? Yep, Saturday, November 3rd, the Richmond Black Widows of Richmond, Virginia are having their tryouts and that's gonna be on their team website is the best place to find that. November 4th, of course, the Dallas Elite um, is gonna have their tryouts. I put that information on there and you can go to our team website to register for that. Also the South Carolina smash go to their team Facebook page. Those two are held on October 4th. That's a Sunday, November. I'm sorry, November 4th, Dallas elite and the South Carolina smash November 10th, which is the next Saturday. I'll actually be at my grandson's, uh, well, my daughter-in-law's baby shower for my grandson. So we won't be having any tryouts then, but the Boston Renegades of Boston, Massachusetts is having their tryout on Saturday, the 10th of November. Go to their team website for more information. Also the Rocky Mountain Thundercats in Colorado Springs, Colorado, go to their Facebook page. Uh, for Sunday, November 11th, the Tacoma Trauma are having another um, tryout check out their Facebook page. And then finally, November 17th, uh, my husband's birthday, actually, shout out to him. The Maine Mayhem of Portland, Maine are having their tryouts and you can go to their team Facebook page. With that being said, hold on just a second. There are several teams that have their tryouts set up a little differently than others. Let me go back over here. Let me switch over. So some teams have ongoing tryouts where they happen every couple of weeks or every weekend. Um, so you'll want to check their website for specific things or their Facebook. So I have the Columbus Comets of Columbus, Ohio. Shout out to Ohio again. On their team Facebook page, they have an ongoing tryout. The Daytona Wave Runners, which is Daytona, Florida. Love it. They have their stuff on Instagram. They really are promoting on Instagram. And then the Portland Shockwave in Portland, Oregon, go to their team Facebook page because they have ongoing um, team tryouts. There's a couple more over here on this other side. Let me go back here. I know one of them is the Pittsburgh Passion that has a tryout, uh, ongoing tryouts. And let's see here, Daytona. Yep. The other one is Pittsburgh Passion of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
you're going to want to go to their team website. They have an ongoing tryout each week or every couple weeks. With that being said, I have a couple announcements to make real quick. I want to shout out to the Portland Shockwave. If you go to their Facebook page, they are hosting a reef-making fundraiser to raise funds for the team. I just want to do a shout out to the Portland Shockwave because I think this is a creative idea. Um, they're really looking to do something here in the November, December timeframe to raise some funds in the off season. And uh, so I thought that was really good. I also, um, the Pittsburgh Passion recently participated in a Pittsburgh Steeler camp. And uh, I won't tell my husband about that because he'll be really jealous. But the other thing that I want to shout out for the Pittsburgh Passion is they held a team retreat. Um, I don't know the specific details, but it looks like they were on the lake and relaxing and really um, focusing on team building that just uh, a plus for them. Also, let's talk about the Seattle Spartans. I saw that the Spartans owner did a live interview with um, KUOW Bill Radke on the record on October 11th. Shout out to the Seattle Spartans. Used to be the Everett Rain in the WFA, um, but way to go for getting out there and trying to promote the team. I know that uh, radio is very difficult, so when you get a chance to do that, uh, I mean, it's just an A-plus for you. Um, also, their next, they have an open tryout or open workout on October 24th. That was one of the ones that I talked about a minute ago where I said I have a the two posters for WFA tryouts, one ends on October 21st and the next one starts October 28th. So they're actually having a um, workout or tryout on the 24th of October, which is a Wednesday. So that um, that usually, you know, because we don't usually do tryouts on that date, it didn't make my list, but uh, they are having an open workout October 24th. You'll want to visit the Seattle Spartans website for that. Um, it looks like uh, the Mile High Blaze, shout out to the Mile High Blaze. If you go to their Facebook page, they have a bunch of pictures. It looked like they had a really great turnout for their tryout last week. Um, check out their Facebook pics and uh, maybe uh, shoot them a, a thumbs up or a heart uh, for liking their or share their information. Um, doesn't hurt to do that either because people that are trying out in your area aren't going to Denver to go try out if they're in your area. So um, there's no reason not to share these, these promotional items around the world. Then I want to talk about shout out to Cleveland Fusion. They actually, if you go to their Facebook page, they actually had their signing day. They have their signing day picks up on Facebook. And it looks like they did a really cute uh, table and a background. And um, there's pictures there of people signing. Um, and it looks like they had a couple of uh, really important people there for the signing. I know that they're also doing another um, tryout. I think it was the 20th. Yeah, October 20th, the Cleveland Fusion have another tryout. But they already held a signing day. I'm not sure if they're holding another signing day. Um, when I talk to the Cleveland Fusion uh, ownership, I will be sure and let you know. But I know they're doing another tryout. Um, so let's do um, Jacksonville Dixie Blues, okay? Again, this tryout didn't make my list because it's not held on a weekend. It's actually, what is it? 
For some reason, I missed October 27th. So the Jacksonville Dixie Blues is having their tryout on Saturday the 27th. You want to go to their website, and I know that they have recently changed some information. So I want to make sure and get this out there. They Their website is DixieBluesFootball.com. Real quick, I want to do a shout out to the Philly Phantoms. Um, if you go look at their stuff, Philly Phantoms had a great turnout over the weekend. And um, their next tryout is in November. So if people are interested in that, um, go ahead and hit them up on their Facebook page or their website. Okay. My next one is a shout out to the Tampa Bay Inferno. They are hosting a bingo fundraiser on October 24th, which is a Wednesday again. Um, it's great to use up those weekdays um, because if you just, just do things on weekends, it makes it, the weekends go by fast. So I like that they are taking advantage of the weekdays as well. Um, so October 24th in St. Petersburg, Florida, they're having a bingo fundraiser at a bar and grill. And um, it looks like their last one went really good too. So, okay, so here's my last shout out for today. I want to go over here. Um, and it just so happens to be my hometown. Uh, I have a shout out for the Toledo Rain. Let's make sure. I want you to check out their Facebook page, okay? Um, again, just another idea. You know, the Tampa Bay are doing the bingo night. And we had another team um, doing the, the wreath making, the Portland Shockwave. The Toledo Rain has partnered with the third annual, uh, they made the third annual Toledo Rain Trunk and Treat. They partnered with You First by Grant Services. So it's YFBGS. So the Rain players, staff, family, and friends will be on hand to hand out candy and share information about the upcoming season. Um, so they, if, for people that don't know this, because I, you know, usually didn't do this, um, for Halloween, we usually go trick-or-treating down the street. Well, now that we're in Russellville, Arkansas, there's like one major street. People bring their their uh, four-wheelers and drive up and down the street and go trick-or-treating. But the other thing that is has gotten really big is trunk or treat. So families uh, decorate the trunk of their car or van or minivan or SUV in a particular theme, and they hand out candy to people. Um, I, get, I don't know if there's some sort of screening or whatever, but it's safer for people to just stay in the parking lot and pick candy from those people as opposed to going out into the um, community to people that they don't know. But that is going to be held on Friday, October 26th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And um, I just thought that was a great um, different way to get out in the community. Um, they're going to be sharing upcoming information. I'm sure they're going to be sharing tryout information with people. Um, but it was just a great opportunity to um, connect with the community. And um, I'm sure it's a low cost way of being able to promote their information to a, a large group of people that are going through there with kids. So shout out to um, the Toledo Rain. They also had their uh, preseason training session number four 
on the 14th. So I'm curious to see how that went a couple days ago. That is it for my shout outs today. So we did our, um, our tryout dates. We did some shout outs for teams that are really on top of it. Again, I haven't been able, you know, I was able to get through about four, 40 teams for this. And then I had enough content to share. Um, I will share some more information on next week's um, episode from teams uh, that are up and coming and, and doing things. So I want to share with you kind of transition into um, what should be happening if you, you've probably held a couple tryouts by now. And I hope that the information that we provided um, through the radio show or through the newsletters that we post to WFA owners um, has been helpful. All, you know, you guys are doing everything. Um, I told you that it's my goal to get teams to have more players, but ultimately my efforts or my um, suggestions don't make it happen. It's your effort, your team's effort, your administration's effort, your player's effort um, to actually share this information and get it out. So if you guys are growing, if you guys are getting more and more players to your tryouts, um, really, you know, pat the backs of your coaches, your players, and your support staff that are getting those people to the tryouts because it does take a lot of effort to do the social media and the flyers and all that stuff. So, um, if you guys are doing that, that is awesome. Now, if you are a team that is still struggling with getting potential players, um, you held a tryout, maybe three or five people came and you promoted it for weeks. Please reach out to somebody, um, whether it's me or somebody, another team owner that um, you know, and find out what they're doing that has worked for them. And most people are willing to share the information with you. Um, but I have no problem telling you um, what people do or what people have told me to do. Um, and I don't pretend to be the know all be all. I just know that the things that I've tried in the past, if they didn't work, I changed them up and tried them a different way until they start working. And that's really um, the guessing game behind what's working in these tryouts. But um, I've shared in the newsletters what's been working for me. I know that teams have um, been doing things similar and are having a great turnout. So if you are interested in having 15, 20, 25 players come to your next tryout, reach out. I'll talk to you for an hour or two and uh, give you some ideas. We actually, to make a long story short, um, Coach Mike and another coach from our team actually challenged me. I said, "What?" I said, man, I would love to have 50 potential players at our next tryout. And, and Coach Mike, <laughs> my husband, um, said, no, I don't think, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think so. And so I said, Okay, I'm going to show you that I can get 50 potential players to my next tryout. Of course, if I if I don't make my 50 goal, right? Say I get a 35. Say I get 40 people there. Worst case scenario, I have put 110% effort into getting those players there. So if I fail to reach my goal of 50, which I better not, um, if I fail to reach my goal, then I've put 110% in and we might have 30 or 35 players there. So I'm excited. Um, 
Right now we have about 190, 180, 190 people in our um, potential players for the or the November tryout. Um, again, you don't know if people are going to be able to make it. There's some people that can't come because of job or work or out of town or they already had a vacation plan, whatever the case is. Um, but my goal is to get 50 new potential players at my next tryout. And I hope you guys have a similar goal um, or, you know, come up with a goal that you feel is realistic and attainable and try for it. Worst case scenario, if you're trying to get 10 more and you get eight, that's good too. You know, eight, eight new players at, at four tryouts, it's 32 women. Um, so it's possible. But um, what I really want to do is make sure that everybody understands that um, I have a few goals for 2019. And I'm hoping that the teams and the admin are also setting up a few goals for 2019. It's important to have goals that are measurable um, with numbers or timeframes. So just saying I want to increase the number of players on my roster doesn't help because you'll probably do that. You'll probably get two or three or four, right? But setting up goals that have numbers and dates is the, the simplest way to put it. I want to um, be able to increase my player count by 15 people by November 1st or whatever it is. Um, so I hope that setting these goals will help teams. My goal for this or my goals for 2019 are to help teams increase player count to make sure that, you know, try to make sure that we don't have any forfeits because of player count. I want to educate team owners on the ins and outs of um, what we can do, can't do, um, what's possible, and what efforts need to be made to make things possible. I also am creating resources to help teams realize the potential of women's football. Um, if you've heard me speak at any of my speaking engagements or on the radio, um, you'll know that I'm very passionate about the potential of women's football. I think it can be huge. I think it can be successful. The, we have just hit just the tip of the iceberg with women's football. And I, um, I'll talk more about that as we go on. But there's so many um, different areas of improvement that can make women's football profitable for owners, successful for players, and a stepping stone for coaches and support staff. Okay. The other thing that I really like uh, to do here for my goals of 2019 are to reduce expenses and increase revenue opportunities for all WFA teams. Okay. Recruit. Re oh my goodness. Reduce expenses and increase revenue opportunities for all WFA teams. So my goal is to um, be kind of a sounding board and you're welcome to call me or call the WFA or if you don't want, you know, if you don't want to deal with me, if you want to deal with another owner, that's great. But the idea is to get the discussion going about what can be done to reduce expenses and increase revenue opportunities for all WFA teams. Now, when I talk about WFA teams, I'm talking tier one, tier two, tier three. I don't care. Okay. Tier three teams, you know, are still building, still growing. So they are the ones that 
um, will fall in love with these opportunities and this education to um, make quick changes in their team to either bring them up to division two level or division one level, um, but ultimately to build their team and eventually move up, right? Same thing with division two teams. Um, I know that there's just very few differences, uh, but I know that some tier two teams are gonna be moving up to tier one. Um, and I hope they do. I hope that everybody eventually gets to tier one, right? That, that would be the ultimate goal. Um, but I really want to make sure that people understand that um, the idea here is to set goals for 2019 and then blow them out of the water. Okay. Real quick, um, I have a couple more tips for getting potential players to tryouts. I shared several of them in the WFA owners newsletter um, last week, um, but I just want to share a couple other tips about Instagram. Um, make sure that you are, if you are not on the up and up with Instagram, make sure that you um, take a class, um, a free webinar, something to get your feet wet with Instagram. Um, I would tell you Facebook would be my number one and Instagram would be my number two. Um, the marketing strategies that I presented to the WFA owner's newsletter are now creating three to five registrations per day for upcoming tryouts for the Dallas Elite. And if you want any information about that, feel free to connect with me directly, 479-747-3693. Um, anytime that's that I'm not in the office, it directly transfers to my cell phone. So we're good there. I'm The only time I don't answer the phone is when I'm in court because uh, the judges don't like it. But other than that, I try to get, get a call back to you um, quite quickly. So anyway, let's kind of shift and see where should you guys be on the women's football biz calendar? Now, if you guys haven't seen it yet, you may or may not. Um, you can go to, where can you go? Uh, www.supersmallbiz.com. On the front page, um, that's where I have all my business consulting material. So you can kind of, a lot of it is irrelevant to you guys. But there's a tab there for women's football. And under women's football, I have tabs for owners, support staff, coaches, and players. And then I have free resources. Under that, there is a women's football calendar that I created. And it's just a basic calendar. Um, that's to get people started on creating a team calendar for themselves. So you're welcome to use that kind of as the base. Um, I typically would print that off and um, then write in the sides what I want to add to it and then retype it and make yourself a um, permanent Dallas elite calendar or permanent team calendar, however you want to do that. But this kind of just gives you the basics of what should be happening each month, where you should be. And what I'm trying to do is um, get you this information just in time. And I'll explain why um, throughout this process. But right now we're getting to mid-October and things should be getting a little bit more hectic in your women's football area. Um, I understand that a lot of people have other jobs, but um, women's football is going to start um, kicking up here in October, November um, to make sure that 
if you're trying to be more successful this year than next year, you want to be getting started now. So please note that after you have implemented many of the processes um, that I am talking about, each coming year will become easier and easier because, for example, next year you'll already have your team football calendar done. You may tweak it a little bit, but it's not a full creation. Does that make sense? So all these things that I'm telling you about to make your tryouts better, make more potential players come to your tryouts. Um, next year, it's going to be super easy because you've already, you already know these processes and you can just technically, you can actually reuse all of the ads that you use this year. They'll still be in your Facebook post uh, past schedule. So technically, you can just change the dates on them and reuse them so it's not as difficult as doing it um, every single year. So the coming years will be much more relaxed when it comes to um, creating these things. Many of our women's football teams are doing some of the things for the first time um, or just getting back in the swing of things here that it's mid-October. Um, I personally have several tasks and things to do to make um, things go well before the season starts. Um, so I'm hoping that we have time to get all of them done. But um, again, I don't want people to um, close down shop or be negative or feel like they failed in something because they haven't been able to get everything going. Literally, women's football is like owning 10 businesses right? We talked about it before. We got tryouts and we got volunteers and we got coaches and we got merchandise and we got concession stands and ticket sales. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Okay. So don't get so down on yourself. If, um, one or two things slip, ideally we want to make sure that ultimately all 12 things succeed, but, um, it's possible that they don't. Okay. But if you keep putting in the energy and effort, you will get there. Um, so check it out. If you have not yet had a social event with your players um, that made the team uh, within the last few, so if you had two or three tryouts already and you haven't yet done a social event, um, it may be time to plan kind of a laid back social event with um, with the players so that the, the, the veterans can meet the rookies. Um, and you can have another one if you're still having two or three more tryouts, then you could have another one as well. The, the importance behind that is to create a family unity and get people to know people. A lot of times people don't know that they have things in common with other people that have come onto the team until they have an opportunity to share those things. And it's amazing um, how players really get to know each Oh, I didn't know you had four kids. I have four kids too. You know, whatever it is. Um, oh, I didn't know you went to that church. Um, different things will help to connect the players um, and it really creates a, a, a team unity and a, um, a bond that um, is amazing to see uh, 50 women from all walks of life focusing on one, one unique thing of winning a championship together in women's football, something that they probably never thought they'd be able to play. So it's pretty exciting to see. But what I want you to do is come up with some sort of laid back, relaxed team social event. Um, we are actually doing ours um, this probably two weeks out from now, um, where it's going to be a relaxed atmosphere. 
Um, we are um, going to have pictures and, and some other things there, um, but it's really a time for people to um, communicate with each other and really just get to know each other. Um, ideally, you want to be at a restaurant, bar, grill, something like that, that will cause some interested eyes to see you um, or possibly inquire about, hey, what are those girls here for? What, you know, what do they do? What's going on over there? Um, you may want to have your banner up and so that you can take some pictures in front of it. That's what we're going to do. Um, and then we also want to have some veterans and new people get a chance to know each other. Um, ideally, you want to try to get a free or low cost place to host uh, the relaxing fun time. Um, but this, can, I mean, it can be as, you know, you could have it at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, we've done that before. Or you can hold it at a park, outside at a park. Um, it can be as low key as going to Walmart and getting like a hundred piece chicken meal for 40 bucks. Um, and then having the other teams bring side dishes or other players bring side dishes. Um, you could do it where everybody does a potluck. There's a variety of different reasons. Now, these are what I call, I always have my basic, my intermediate, and my advanced um, way of doing things. I like to start everybody out uh, on the basics and then let them be creative on what they want to do to kind of ramp that up. Um, if this is your first year doing a player social event before contract signing, start with a basic, get there. And then next year, plan to do the more detailed things, okay? Um, I shared with you um, in the Women's Football Success newsletter for the owners, I shared all three of those, the basic, the intermediate, and the advanced level um, social event for players. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um for the people that get the newsletter, they'll be able to pick and choose which one they want to use. Okay. So I shared with you already that um, Coach Mike and Coach Lacey challenged me that I would not be able to get 50 additional women to our November 4th tryout. I accepted their challenge, but even if I don't get that 50, you know, say I'm at 35 then we're still doing well on our quest for new players, right? So I'm going to share my strategy and hope that it helps the teams meet their strategy. All that information is on the WFA, uh, I'm sorry, on the Women's Football Success Newsletter for Owners. Um, I know in the WFA, there's a rule for roster sizes when it comes to the number of ladies. My first piece of advice is to get in this interim time is to get at least 10 to 15 women over that quota because that's how many people you have um, come game day, I believe is the deadline for that number of girls in the WFA. So statistics show, and yes, we do do statistics on many things in women's football. Um, we've always done it um, at our teams with coach Mike. He, he teaches stats and other college level courses. So we are really fascinated by the statistics and we try to kind of use those as our guide, but approximately 20 to 30% of the people that try out for the team and make the team will not make it to the first game. That's due to injury, jobs, time, money, family, whatever. 
uh, that doesn't make them good or bad people. Unfortunately, it's just true right now. Um, another interesting point is that as far as I understand, D3 teams in the WFA under a certain number of years are allowed a high number or unlimited number of players. Okay, there's a reason for this. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I wasn't there when they made the rule, but my guess is that this is to build teams. You know, D3 are usually start out starting out um, brand new um, or low numbers in, or in a um, location that has a, a lower population possibly. Um, but the idea is to allow those teams to grow, slowly grow year after year so that by the year year four, they are rocking and rolling, right? So my suggestion would be um, that you take this opportunity to add more and more players. So if you're only allowed 30 to 35 players, um, don't stop there. You need to get more players. Um, it's really important that if you think you have 30 players and it's October and you feel you're done with tryouts, um, come January, some girls are not going to come to practice every day. So it's going to be hard for you to be able to practice both sides of the ball if only 16 players or 18 players show up. So that's another reason why you need a higher number of people on your team. Okay, so back to tryouts. Um, continue to hold tryouts in October and November for sure. So even if you're at the number you want to be, go ahead. You still have time to do two, maybe even three tryouts, depending on how many um, weekends you set it up for. So like the, today's um, radio show, it's going to air on the 17th. Technically, if you heard this information on the 17th, you could technically set up a tryout for the weekend of the 26th, 27th, 28th, um, the November 2nd, 3rd, 4th, uh, November 9th, 10th, 11th. I mean, there you could still technically have five more tryouts between now and the end of November. Now, you don't have to do that, but um, if you're, the idea is not to be complaining come April when you only have 18 players, then you need to put the effort in in October and November and get those players. So I challenge teams to try to get to 45 minimum. So those teams that are really struggling, try to get to 45. Let's see what you can do. I'm excited to see if uh, you guys accept that challenge and try to do it because I know everybody's heart is in it but it's the action that really makes it happen. Okay. So the next task that I want to put your energy towards. So, you know, you don't have to hold those five or six tryouts, right? You can hold two or three more, but try to get to 45 minimum. And for those teams that always have 55, let's try to get to 75. Okay. Challenge. Okay. So our next task after getting these tryouts set up is to be putting your energy towards hiring the necessary personnel for a successful women's football season, right? Once again, Facebook is probably um, the winner. It's probably my number one choice for finding potential personnel. 
The other way is going to colleges and directly asking uh, for interns is a good one. But what you need to do, first of all, is take the time to write down, take out your paper, write it down, put it on your whiteboard, whatever it is. Write down the different coaching positions that you still need people in. Write down the support staff positions and all the other essential people that you need to have a successful season. Now, when you're doing this, I want you to go one step further. Dream a little bit, okay? Make a list of every single position you can think of that you would love to have a person in. So, I mean, this is kind of a brainstorming session. Think of everything that you possibly need. So um, do you usually have one concession stand worker, but you really want to have four? Do you have one merch person or you don't even do merchandise? Um, would you like to set up a merchandise counter? What about at the um, ticket booth? Do you have one ticket booth or do you have three? Um, do you have somebody that can take credit cards at your ticket booth? Variety of different things. Um, we're talking on the field. Do you only have five coaches and you want 12? Do you have 12 and want 15? Um, write down your dream situation because in October we can start dreaming. In January, we're done dreaming. We are stuck with what we got pretty much in January, February. So write down your dream situation of all the different people. It's probably going to be around 20 to 30 different positions. Okay. From anything from the videographer to the photographer um, to the different coaching staff to personal trainers. Um, there's a variety of different people, people that do your chain gang when you're um, having the home games. There's so many different people. Write that down. And what I want you to do is start posting volunteer opportunities. You can do that on Facebook under the jobs. It's, you can post it as a volunteer job. So people know right off the bat that they are not going to get paid for this position. Now, if you are able to provide compensation, then it will just be a happy surprise to them that they get funds, right? Um, so I would post maybe one or two a week for the next 10 weeks. That's 20 jobs. Um, and you will be amazed at how many people come out and do that. Now, the other thing, you know, people think, oh, the volunteers, I don't, you know, they we never get volunteers. There are actually volunteer organizations, people that sign up because they have a lot of time on their hands. Um, they don't have a full time job. Maybe they're in a situation where they don't need a job. They just like to volunteer for organization organizations that need volunteers. Um, so sometimes you can fill in some of these spots with total volunteers. Now, if it's a, a position that you're not sure um, you can get somebody that's a volunteer. Then you need to look into your budget and see where you can get some money to pay somebody to do it. If it's a very crucial position, you may find that you need to pay somebody. Um, most of the teams at this point, still um, every position is a volunteer position. Uh, but there are ways that you can um, create a budget to be able to get some of these things done. But we'll get there as we get there, right? Um the other thing that you want to be doing as according to the women's football business uh, calendar is October 
in November, mostly October, talks about uh, community and potential sponsors. Many people wait until February and March to start working on sponsorships. This is the really bad way to do things. If you think about the process, you'll realize that this task needs to be started in October, November. Small business owners, even if they are the business decision maker um, and business owners need time to process what it is your women's football team is asking from them. So they need to decide whether connecting with your organization is worth it to them. Uh, in some situations, if you're not dealing with small businesses and you're trying to go for bigger businesses or bigger sponsorships, the timeline is even longer, okay? Sometimes six months to a year. If you're asking for some big money, then they have to go to their higher ups or if they're the decision makers, they take longer to make the decision because it's a big, large sum of money. So I, it gets down to the basic fundamental concept of business. If the benefits outweigh the costs, they'll partner with you and sponsor you, right? If their benefits outweigh the costs of doing business with you, they'll partner with you and sponsor you. If the costs outweigh the benefits, they will decline your offer. Very simple concept in business. If they're going to get a ton of stuff and it's not that much money out of their pocket or trade for services or whatever, they're going to do it. If they cannot see all the benefits that they're getting and they think, wow, that's really expensive for that little bit of stuff, they will not work with you. So it's really important to start this process in October and November so that people will be able to sponsor you in January, February timeframe. Okay. Our final topic for October and November, I guess it's November too, is the contract signing party. Okay. In this edition of um, Women's Football Success Radio, I'm going to go over some details again of a basic contract signing party um, in the women's football success newsletter that goes out to the WFA owners, I will provide for them an intermediate and an advanced contract signing party uh, details um, for them to look at. So I want to talk about the contract signing party I'm just trying to make sure I get all my notes taken care of here. The contract signing party and um, for the women's football success newsletter, you'll see that I have, I posted a picture in here of a signing party from 2000. I want to say it's 2011, might be 2012. So that was six years ago um, that we did that signing party. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, circa, I put circa 2012 on that picture. So if you haven't figured it out yet, and I, I, I just mentioned it all the time, by becoming a women's football team owner, you own several businesses. And not only do you do the merch and the, the ticket sales and the video, video and photography, you are now also a large event planner <laughs> Um, and I say that with a joke, uh, with a smile on my face. Um, 
this is especially true for the contract signing party. So if you didn't know it already, you are an event planner as well. Um, the contract signing party, I would have to say is even bigger if you have a lot of rookies coming on to your team that year. Typically each player brings to a contract signing party between one and three additional people. This is the statistics that we've, that we evaluated um, and we have kept over these years. One to three additional people besides the player come to a signing party. Um, from a setup or technical standpoint, there are a few pre-party things that you need to do. First, you want to prepare any player contract because that's what they're coming to do is sign that contract. So you need to kind of back out of the date of your signing contract, um, preparing the contract, getting them to the player to have time to look at it. Um, if you've having the prepare, if you're having the contract prepared by someone that works with contracts in your state, that's great. Um, I post a player contract in my to my players, um, and I've also posted a player contract outline on the supersmallbiz.com under women's football. For the most part, the contracts in all states uh, can be very similar, but please note that there are laws in different states that do or do not recognize particular laws. Um, these usually pertain to... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Non-complete, non-compete clauses, workers' comp, um, different things like that. Um, for example, Texas has a non-compete recognizes non-complete clauses. My goodness, Texas recognizes non-compete clauses in contracts, like the contracts that we have for the Dallas Elite, um, but some states don't. Um, it's these detailed laws that require your contract to comply with your state rules. So not to get any into any legal conversation or mumbo jumbo, but I recommend that um, the best it's the best scenario is I recommend you creating the contract the way you want it and then taking it to an attorney in your area that does unbundled services that maybe will charge you $150, $200, maybe even $75, depending on who you go to, um, to look at the contract you prepared and review it for mistakes or additions for, for a small fee, really, um, rather than going to an attorney and saying, please create the contract for me, that may be in the $500 to $1,000 range, okay? As opposed to you creating a contract you think is good and then them uh, taking it to them to make, uh, so that they can look over the laws in your state to make sure that the um, contract uh, meets the needs, okay? Be sure that you allow your players to see the contract for a week or two before they sign it. Um, at the signing party, have the back page, the signing page, on the top of what we do is we have folders we open the folder and the top page is the last page of the contract for them to sign. 
this makes it much more simple. It goes much easier and uh, it's not time consuming. If you're doing this for 50, 60, 70 players, it can get, um, it can be a long process. So you want it to go by quickly, um, but you still want them to enjoy the process. So when it comes to a venue for a contract signing party, okay, so let's just speak on our numbers. If you are holding a signing, a contract signing party for 50 players, you are looking for a place that can accommodate 150 to 175. Remember, we're talking about coaches and then players and friends and family that will attend the contract signing party. So I would guess, I mean, there's one year we had um, 60 players, I think it was 55 to 60 players. And we maxed out room capacity of 225, I think was the room capacity. Um, so um, it's possible to be over 200, but um, this is a time when players are really excited and their their families really on board and wanting to be part of this. And it's a pretty cool thing to have the signing party. I recommend you pick a place that does not have a lot of traffic, um, that is really slow on the weekends. I mean, there's some, you know, I scope out places to go, okay? Um, and I guess this is a kind of a secret tip. I don't know. Um, but anytime I go into a restaurant or go into a venue in my Dallas location, um, I scope out, you know, how busy they are, how many uh, waitresses they have, how many seats they have. What kind of event could I put on in this place that would bring them more people? We would bring the people and they would be able to accommodate us. Um, there's some places that I've been into that, you know, it's a bar and grill and they have six people there every time we go, six to eight people. And so those are the places that you want to approach and say, hey, I'm getting ready to have this thing. We're looking at 150 to 200 people. Is this something you guys could accommodate or be interested in? Um, I recommend that you pick this place that doesn't have much traffic, right, that can host a large group. I also recommend picking up a venue that is kid-friendly. Bar and Grill is really good because they can usually have children until like 10 p.m., I think it is, um, in Texas. I don't know other states, um, but typically a bar and grill can accommodate everybody if somebody wants to have a drink or if somebody has a lot of kids, they can bring both. Um, I don't recommend the signing party be at just a bar uh, because there's a lot of friends and family and children that can't make it. Um, I'm going to share with you what I call the basic uh, contract signing party. I also have what's called the intermediate and advanced level contract signing party. But the basic party is simply a signing of the contract where the team player's name is announced. Um, each person purchases their own food and drink. There's minimal decorations, if any decorations at all. And um, you're sharing with the family and friends. Um, things that are coming up, um, maybe opportunities to for them to be part of the team, volunteer opportunities as well. Um, and this is going to be a place that can accommodate your number of people and possibly um, can provide food and drinks that are good um, and will let you stay there and, and occupy their space for two, two and a half hours. 
that's very simple. Um, there's not a lot of planning that goes on with that. And it's very basic. Um, with that being said, you can always have posters there and, and different things, um, a microphone, maybe a audio system, um, depending on what kind of a organization they are. Um, that's pretty much, I want to make sure, cause my goal is here to just provide you with a basic contract signing. Um, this can even be, I don't recommend the contract signing be out at a park or anything like that. First of all, because of the time of year and weather uh, concerns, but also, um, it's not as formal as being in a inside venue. Um, you could even do if somebody has access to a um, warehouse that can be decorated. Um, but typically, I mean, the best ones I've used for like a basic, um, I know there's some organizations like uh, Buffalo Wild Wings or um, they're a bar and grill. There's some other, uh, we've done Boomer Jacks in Dallas, Texas. Um, we did Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock. I'm trying to think Tulsa was a restaurant as well. Um, so, yeah, so the ideas are just to make it the least amount of effort for you on the basic contract signing party. As you get into intermediate and advanced, it, it requires more things of the team owners and team administration in preparing for the contract signing party. I hope this information has helped you guys today. Um, I hope that uh, you guys like the shout outs to all the different teams. Um, I thank you for visiting and you guys have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye.